Now playing movie reviews in 20 cues. Hello, listeners. Do you like scary movies? No, you need to have someone start it with a scream. I am not screaming. Okay, I can. That was terrible. <laughs> scary, though. It's scary. It's probably the worst way to start a podcast. Like, oh, I'm going to check out the latest episode of these guys. Oh, what are we going on? Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> anyway, hello, good people, and welcome to the podcast, Movie Reviews in 20 Qs, the show where we review a movie by asking 20 weird and wonderful questions about it. Uh, as you can tell by the name of this week's episode, we are going to do the movie Scream. And to do the movie Scream, well, we had to reach out and get a genuine American who knows a thing or two about horror movies. The first of which is Emily Higgins. How are you, Emily? You're living in a horror movie Hi. right now, aren't you? <laughs> Just constantly. Yep. Yeah. Literal hellscape. Yeah. Uh, but glad to have you back. And you were very excited about doing Scream. I think I had forgotten how much I loved it and how much it influences what I love. Like, re- I was so happy to have an excuse to rewatch it. I was so excited. Same. I don't think I've watched it in over a decade or something like that. It was one of those films I remember digesting very early and just being like, oh, yeah, I know about that. But, like, going back and rewatching it, man, it's amazing the amount of stuff that you, like, sort of recognize as you, like, expand your movie viewing. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, like, 10 Sharon Stone references that I'd forgotten. <laughs> I was totally there for the Sharon Stone. I did not pick any of them up. So the person that didn't pick any of them up is Liz. How are you, Liz? (laughs) I'm great. I am clearly not quite as uh, knowledgeable about the horror movie genre as uh, you guys are. That's okay. I'm just here to entertain everyone. So do you feel like a lot of the meta jokes like flew over your head, Liz? Well, I guess I wouldn't know because they're meta jokes. <laughs> oh, no, I definitely got a few things, but I bet there were things that you guys got. And I'm like, oh, that's so clever. And I was like, duh. Let's go with the most clever. obvious one. When he when he goes out into the hallway and he goes, oh, good job, Freddy. And there's that guy mopping the floors while dressed up like Freddy Krueger. And it's the director, Wes Craven. Did you get that? No, none of it. Okay, at the start where Drew Barrymore says that like she liked the first Nightmare on Elm Street, but the rest of them sucked, and that was because the first Nightmare on Elm Street was directed by Wes Craven and all the rest weren't. Did you pick up on that? No, of course not. Okay, cool. <laughs> yep, so that's what we're dealing with, listeners. That's the level of expertise that we're bringing to this podcast. I'm just here to look pretty. <laughs> and I do, right? Yeah. Guys? Yeah, yeah on, a, on the visual medium that is a podcast, you're here to look pretty. Absolutely. Right. Makes complete sense. Uh, so anyway, we'll um, yeah, we'll get into the meat of the podcast. The movie has a score of seven point two out of ten on IMDb. Has a seventy eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Came out in nineteen ninety six. Stars Nev Campbell as Cindy Prescott, David Arquette as Deputy Dwight Dewey Riley, Courtney Cox as Gail Weathers, Matthew Lillard as Stu, Skeet Ulrich as Billy Loomis, and Rose McGowan as Tatum Riley. So yeah, that's uh, who it stars, but before we get into the questions, we're going to do a quick rundown of the plot of the film, and it is whoever has seen it the most recently. Well, I saw it over a week ago, so down to you two, who's seen it the most recent? I would guess it's me, because it's always me. I watched it on Thursday night. Oh yeah, I think I watch it Wednesday. But is Wednesday Thursday? Oh, yeah, because oh. my Thursday, okay, so. No, I Wednesday watched... night is Thursday morning for Liz, so now nah, it's Liz, go Liz. Oh, okay. Okay, the plot of this film is that a small, pleasant town is being terrorized by a serial killer, or a seeming serial killer, and the main character, Sydney, is trying to deal with that while dealing with the upcoming anniversary of her mother's brutal rape and murder. That's surprisingly accurate. Thank you. 
I didn't even read it off anything. I just tried to be concise for a change. You so fucking read that off something. God. No, I swear I didn't. <laughs> I don't think the official plot descriptions say, like, rape and murder. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Brutal rape and murder. Is that how they sell them? Hey, are you looking for a movie to watch? Come check out this brutal rape this and murder one, movie. Uh, but there was no brutal rape and murder in the actual film. They just talk about it. So <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, yeah, if you haven't heard this podcast before, what we do is we review a movie by asking 20 weird and wonderful questions about it. We start with 10 that could be applied to any film. We then move into three personal questions that we thought of while we were watching this film. And then we finish on a question that we threw out there to you guys, our dear listeners, to answer for us in the t- version of a poll as well as run down any other answers that you might have given us as a bit of a shout-out. And the one that we always start with is the compliment sandwich, which is one thing good, one thing bad, one thing good about this film, if we're going to give it a score over 5,000. Or if we give it a score under 5,000, we give it a shit sandwich, which is one thing bad, one thing good, and one thing bad about this film. Liz, why don't you lead us off? Why don't you tell us what sort of sandwich you're throwing out there this time? All right. Um, I am going to start with one thing good. Yay! Uh, <laughs> So my first thing is I liked the self-awareness of the film. Like, there's even though I don't know all of the, you know, back references and stuff, there's still quite a lot of, you know, references to, oh, in a scary movie, this would be happening or this would be happening. And I just thought that was kind of good and just kind of turned the genre on its nose a little bit. And I remember that being quite a clever take back in the, t- uh, you know, back in the day when it came out. So it's my first good thing. Uh, my bad thing was just yet again... Much like the last uh, podcast we did, Speed, I was greatly frustrated by the stupidity of the vast majority of the cast. Did my head in. And my last good thing was I really liked the ending. I thought that the demise of the killer or killers. Oh, wait, no, we always do spoilers. So, yeah, the demise of the killers was um was really clever, like how they ended up like trying to kill each other but then basically killed each other and then got finished off. I thought that was quite clever. Um, my score out of 10,000 knives is going to be 6,974. Mm, 6, I mean, it was good. It was all right. It wasn't amazing, but it was it was pretty good. Disappointed. Disappointed. Let's move over to Emily. I gave it a compliment sandwich. It's not like I was Kahu giving Speed a shit sandwich. It's true. <laughs> and that movie deserves it. That movie's fucking pants. No, it does not deserve it. <laughs> so there. Oh, boy. Well, Okay. My my first my first good thing similar to Liz the fact that it was like the first of these really self-referential like tongue in cheek humor I feel like it really opened the doors for all the movies that I love like Urban Legend uh all of those like kind of the faculty like funny horror movies aimed a little younger not just like brutal and so I mean that this is maybe my favorite genre so thank you scream my bad thing is they kind of like slut shamed Sydney's mom a lot. Yeah. Like, they were kind of like brutal to her. And I don't love all of her choices. And, and it, you, but you don't hear like anything about her in the third movie. You find out she was kind of Weinsteined by like basically this Harvey Weinstein type character. And you're like, Oh, like, but you have no, you're given no sympathy or empathy for her in the first movie. It's just like your dumb whore mom slept with everyone. That's why this is happening. And it's like, oh my God. Yeah. Like, it's so cold. Yeah, it is pretty ruthless. <laughs> and then my, my final good thing is this cast. I mean, launch Nev Campbell as the scream queen that she is. Uh, Courtney Cox and David Arquette, like Drew Barrymore. It just is everyone wonderful in one spot. What a great time capsule to revisit. And your score out of 10,000 knives. I'm going to say a solid uh, 9,500. Yes, Emily. Wow, that is well, high. Jesus. 
Wow. Good movie. That's almost Ooh, a hyperbole sandwich. I'm so proud of you. I was scared that I was going to rewatch it and it wasn't going to be good because I rewatched three recently with the understanding that it is what it yeah. is. But I rewatched this and I was like, oh, this is so fun. And I get more of the things that I did get. I probably saw it a decade ago. It came out when I was like five, you know, like I now get everything. <laughs> uh, yeah, for me, I'm the same. Like it, just the humor and metaness of it just lands like it's just so ahead of its time in terms of like what it's trying to do and what it delivers on. Like at one point, Sydney's like, you know, in those horror movies, why don't they just like immediately run out the front door instead of running upstairs where they can be trapped? And she does exactly that. Like, when the killer first shows up to get her, she runs straight upstairs. And I'm like, ha that's kind of cute. That's kind of self-referential. And as, as well as, like, Wes Craven, you know, like, taking the piss out of the other nightmare on Elm Streets and the other sort of, like, trivia that we mentioned before. The thing that was really bad for me was, to, well, there's two things that sort of go hand in hand with each other, was the soundtrack. It had this really, like, 90s glaring metal sort of soundtrack and part that just seemed out of place like really out of place it was like it was bizarre and a couple of that there was some really like really bad editing parts as well but (laughs) (laughs) again i'm sort of like nitpicking because again with the cast corny cox crushes in this film so good was, oh, she's such oh, a bitch it's fantastic. she is such a yeah. self like serving bitch but at the same time she's so awesome in this she just owns it she's just yes. yeah spectacular she just, about it that's exactly right just owns it and then matthew lillard as well like skeet Ulrich is sort of like eh, take it or leave it but matthew lillard is just so like sort of He's bizarre so the, weird yes so i forgot weird. how weird he is in this film and randy's pretty fucking weird but Matthew Lillard's character is just off the charts. Yeah, and so Randy was another one. Like, Jamie Kennedy, there's probably not another single film of his that I would say I really enjoy. And this I don't is even one know what he's been in. And Matthew Lillard's been in a ton of other stuff, and it's so hard because Matthew Lillard just seems like such a nice, genuine guy to see him in this. And the same with Courtney Cox. She seems like a nice, genuine person. And then to see her in this, and you're like, this just, just like, how? Like, this is just amazing. Like, it's just, yeah. See, Matthew Lillard, I feel like he plays that total douche or, you know, crazy character really well. Like, she's all that, his character, and that's completely insane yeah, as well. Yeah. And it's gold, it's quality. So I think that's part of it is, like, you know he's this nice dude, but he's just such a fucking loose unit in these. It's great. I'm not going to say that I've seen the Scooby-Doo movies a lot of times and that, I like, for me, he is I Shaggy, have. but he is Shaggy. <laughs> like, he I'm is. not going to admit to I've that on a podcast, a but, yeah, he I, is, I like, that's how him. I see him. They're really They're good. Really good. Directed by James Gunn. One of them is, anyway. Yeah. Um, I don't know who that is. He directed Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't know what that... No, I do, actually. I'm going to fucking kill you in a second, Liz. <laughs> I just really wanted to keep going, I don't know what that is, just to really annoy you. You are perfect for a podcast, aren't you, on movies? Absolutely. Yep. Perfect for movie You make podcast. me come back almost every week. So anyway. Must move- be because of all my fans, <laughs> Sam. Anyway, moving on to my score, I'm going to give it a score of like 8,942 out of 10,000. This is amazing. I really, I just love this film. And I, similar to you, Emily, was so happy to go back and rewatch it and for it to still be good. It was so apprehensive, yeah. but yeah, it was so good. Oh, because there's so many oh, movies so. you go back to watch now and you're just like, oh, damn. Yeah. Oh, that's problematic. Yeah, like yeah. Speed. Yeah. Uh, no. Moves on to question number two. What is it there, Liz? <laughs> It is. Why are you such a douche and think that Speed is a bad movie? Okay, that is actually not true. Well, it's because my name is Liz and okay. I... <laughs> Shut up. Question two. What deep philosophical debate arose in you during this film? So I was wa- I'm watching it. I'm thinking about it. Skeet Ulrich, Billy, he is- dates her for so long, okay? He is hanging out with her. He's spending every... And the whole time he hates her guts so much and he's plotting against her like, the fact that he can do that, 
that he just is like, and then him and Matthew Lillard rewatching and knowing you can kind of see them wink winking at each other. But oh my god, the fact that people could just be out there lying that intensely, like, what if you're hanging out one on one with someone and they're thinking about doing your murder? That's so awful. And I bet it's happened. I bet at least one person everyone has hung out with has thought about doing their murder. Yeah, but, but like a- terrified me because I can guarantee that's the case for me and Sam with that annoying. Oh, yeah, I've thought about Liz's murder for like about a year now. I know exactly what's going through Billy Loomis's head. I completely understand. Is that going to be the subject of your next book, Sam? I did ask for there to be a badass character called Liz. So you're going to put a character called Liz in and then brutally murder her. Similar to Drew Barrymore, she's going to get brutally murdered in the first scene. I just don't have my organs hanging out. That was so gross. It's so gross. Absolutely. Oh. All right, Sam, what's yours? Um, yeah, my deep philosophical debate is, does Sydney have no other relatives that she can go stay with? Like, she gets, she's hanging out in her house, she gets assaulted by a killer, her dad's out of town, and they're like, hey, you just go hang out with this, like, useless fucking police officer that we've got working for us, and his sister. (laughs) Do the police not have a safe house? Do they not have somewhere to put her? Like, they're they're obviously trying to target her. And so I was, like, thinking to myself, while I was sitting in that situation, what would I do? And I was like, I'd just fucking jump in a car and cruise. I'd get the fuck out of there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Those well they like I said, the villagers just kept making stupid decisions and she was definitely one of them. <laughs> the villagers. I know, I'm calling them the cops of villagers. <laughs> like it's just kind of in my head. I don't know why I say that. The villagers. Townies. <laughs> like everyone. All right, shut up. My deep philosophical debate is how have I not murdered Sam already? No, it's not really. <laughs> Mine was there was a moment when the reporters are all chasing Sydney and one of them's like You can't kill God. So- What's that? <laughs> I said you can't kill oh, God. God's sake, yeah. So there's a moment where all the reporters are chasing Sydney and like demanding that they tell her, sorry, demanding that she tell them what it feels like to have almost been brutally murdered. And she obviously doesn't want to talk to them. And then one of the reporters says, the people have a right to know. And I'm like, do the people have a right to know what it feels like to be brutally murdered or like almost be brutally yeah. murdered? Like. Do the people really have a right to know everything? I just, yeah, that was a really weird line to me. And But, I mean, it kind of comes up, doesn't it? Like, the media are all like, oh, the people have a right to know. I'm like, mm, people are pretty dumb. People sometimes shouldn't know everything. No shit. That was my fourth question for this podcast, was do the people have a right to know <laughs> what it's like to brutally murder someone? Yeah, just such a or weird line. Or to be line. almost brutally murdered. Like, come on. Yeah. I have a right I'm an American. Oh, here we go. I deserve to know what a murder feels like so I can think about it later. Hashtag Mega 2020. <laughs> oh, dear. Let's not talk about that, Count. Oh. So, moving on. Anywho, moves us over to question number three, which is the first of our Patreon questions. This question comes courtesy of the amazing man, Liz Christini. What would Chris like to know there, Emily? What song would you have inserted into this film and where? Okay, mine's really good. Okay? Okay. It's really good. Is it Psycho Sam Killer gets- by the Talking Heads? Damn it! Fuck you! I was getting in first. I knew. Oh, I was so excited to get the best call. Yeah, of course, it's, it's so fucking obvious. Of course, oh, you're going to put Talking Heads in there. I wrote down Psycho Killer Talking Heads, and I was like, this is way too fucking obvious. Anyone that you- comes up with this <laughs> clearly has no creativity or imagination. I'm not going to use this. Fuck you. Okay, well, I when well, no, I'm going to say when I was going to put it in. So my one is Psycho Killer by the Talking Heads, and it's when Ghostface kills Tatum, and she's just called him a Psycho Killer, and he opens the door to go back to the party, and there's music playing. Why the fuck would you not have Psycho Killer by the Talking Heads playing then? I'm so proud. I was like, look at me. I'm so clever. (laughs) Fuck you, Sam. 
okay, here's what I want. And it ties into the fact that, Sam, you're very right that the soundtrack of this movie is not good. Like, having a horror movie with a bad soundtrack sucks. I feel like Matthew Lillard should have, when he was sneaking around killing people, or Skeet Ulrich, had a little boombox at that part when he was, like, walking around behind Jamie Kennedy doing whatever. Should have been (laughs) playing either the Halloween theme or the Psycho theme. Like, they should have used some bits, like, classic themes. Oh, yeah. Like, imagine it was like, and it's just him, like, creeping by. That would have been so good. But I'm sure there's a lot of rights issues, but that's what I want. I really liked how they had the um the delay on the camera and they're all watching this you know the ghost face standing behind him and they're like look and then he's like oh my god the delay and yeah. like it runs out and sees the door open and is like fuck yeah it's I just thought that was really, it was good I like that bit yeah. yeah they used it they used the he when do was a Dewey that comes in and he hears the screaming and it turns out it's Laurie Strode in Halloween on the TV so it's like yeah. they used yeah. sound from one of the movies they should have used the music. Exactly. Hit up John Carpenter and get that soundtrack, man. Yeah. That would have been awesome. Lost opportunity. Absolutely. Moves us over to our next Patreon question, which comes courtesy of the amazing man. This is Dave Baker. Dave has his own Patreon at patreon.com forward slash your favorite. On it, he posts a ton of awesome content you guys should all go check out. Dave has two questions he throws at us, and this one is, uh, yeah, one I sort of thought was a bit fitting for this movie, but maybe a little bit hard to answer given how many dum-dums are in this film. <laughs> but which two characters from this film would you guys want with you at your house party? Okay, so... um. I went with my first character is going to be Tatum because she just seems like a cool, fun chick that I'd get along with. She's happy to go get the bears. Hopefully she'd come back with them this time. You're never going to see those bears ever again. (laughs) And my other character is Randy because he's just such a fucking weirdo and I think he'd keep everyone entertained. Fuck would you want that guy at your house party? Well, he's not going to murder me like a couple of the other guys I could have had at my house party. No, but he's going to be psychotically obsessed with you. Oh, if I had a chance of her. You know, like, what the fuck? Oh, you think I'm as hot as Neve Campbell. That's so nice, Sam. I extrapolate from incomplete data. on drugs. <laughs> That's what I'm choosing. Love it or leave it. That, I also would have Tatum because she does, she was a good friend. Like, yeah, yeah. She, was, she was like, she called. It wasn't like the typical, like, I forgot to pick you up. She was like, oh, I'm running late from practice. I'm coming to get you. I'm getting a movie. She was a good friend. She was solid. She was. And she was like, hey, guys, stop talking about disembowelment in front of Sydney, whose mother died. Like, good yeah. friend. Yeah. And then, obviously, Gail Weathers. I want Gail Weathers <laughs> to come. I want her to be mean to me. That's what I want <laughs> at my party. You want a lot of weird shit. I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> Give me weird shit. <laughs> There's Feed no judgment, me. I'm just saying. Yeah. Feed me oh, weird yeah. shit. The Emily Higgins story. Uh, That's my book. <laughs> I had the exact same answer as you, Emily. I mean, yeah, Tatum's awesome. She's a good friend. She takes care of people. She goes gets beers, all that sort of stuff. That you guys have said <laughs> you're and never getting those well. beers ever. Yeah, yeah, who cares? Whatever. Um, but yeah, like, and Gail Weathers as well. Like, look at how all those dudes responded, and the girls when she showed up at that party with Dewey when they walked in, and she's like, "Hi," he's like, "I'm going to watch your show." <laughs> and she's smart. She's one of the smarter people in the movie. And that's she's true. Fucking sexy in this film. Jesus. <laughs> Do she you remember bit. her bangs in Scream 3? Oh, the worst haircut in cinema history, which was one of our questions on gravity. I completely forgot this. But that was so bad. I should have answered that for our when we I, did gravity. I can't believe I forgot. I just was thinking about it. Google Gail Weathers worst. Scream 3. 
There, I would point out to our um, non-American listeners, by the way, that bangs means fringe. Yes. Oh, and it's like, yes. And it's like oh, the bangs damn. slash fringe have grown down and then curled around and then grown back into her forehead. <laughs> no, so this bad. is bad. It's like they started doing a fringe and we're like, oh, it's a bit uneven. We better tidy up one side. Oh, no, we're taking that a bit shorter, so we'll tidy up. Oh, dear, we've been a bit shorter, so we'll tidy Oh, fuck, we've cut off like all but like one centimeter of your fringe. Maybe Nev Campbell was like, I got to be the hottest one in this scream. Yeah, so Not here we even... go. We shaved this cat. Please put it on your head. As a, it doesn't as a even work. look even. Like, no. It looks like there's a big bit coming out the side and damn. Um, all right, so question five. Uh, this question comes courtesy of another Patreon, and that is Julio from the Contrarians podcast. Uh, the Contrarians podcast is one where they take a movie that is either universally loved or universally hated and uh, provide reasons why we should think the other way. And then they provide their own opinions at the end. So the question is, what's your most controversial opinion about this film? Okay, this is Wes Craven's best movie. Forget Nightmare on Elm Street. Forget The Hills Have Eyes. I don't care that he didn't write this one. Kevin Williamson wrote it. He directed it. It's part of the Wes Craven cinematic universe. Uh, what's the one with the, the people under the stairs? Forget it. This is his best movie outside of his appearance in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. <laughs> wow. Yep, haven't seen a single one of them, so there we are. I'm probably with you there, Emily, though. Like, yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street, to me, is the weakest of the, like, three big Nightmare Friday Halloween. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Sorry, Wes. I just don't find Freddy Krueger that scary. I just, yeah, there's something about him. But Which one's he? The one with the creepy, like, hands? Or, yeah. like, the, with the ski mask? No. Oh, yeah, with Burn. the face. Yeah. yeah, he's the one that's going to creep into your room about two seconds before you go to sleep tonight, Liz. That's not funny, Sam. <laughs> I only live one floor up. Okay, it's possible. He comes in your dreams, Liz. Oh well, a lot of people come in my dreams. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I, was like, I wonder if she's going to take the bait, and she has. Oh come on, it was too easy. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, my controversial opinion: Nah, Nev Campbell sucks. I'm sorry, Whoa, I bit wait. my tongue. The character the or the actress? It is more the character in this. Like, she's going on about how, like, smart she is and all that sort of stuff. And I brought it up before in the deep philosophical debate of, like, why didn't she just run away? Really? I will agree she is the weakest character in this film because I think everybody yes. else has something more interesting to do. From Gail Weathers to the killers having great motivation to Tatum being fun. Like, she's the one that's no fun and is just like, I'm sad. My mom yeah, died. It's not like, like your mom just get, died or anything. Oh, wait. Fair. They're like, get <laughs> over it. It was a it. year ago. Was a year ago. <laughs> get like, over it. <laughs> get over it. Now let's have sex. Let it go. But she's not really given an arc at all. Like, she's not given much to do. Other than nah. said virgin, that's pretty much it. Yeah, but There's she no arc. It's kill. one direction all the like, way. Like, Courtney Cox even is the one that gets to have the gun. Like, she just, yeah. I will agree that her character in this one is not the most fun. Mm. Even even the bit at the end when like she manages to shuffle her dad into the cupboard. Why haven't you cut your dad loose? Why aren't forgot. you fleeing out to the countryside? Yeah, I went on a different tangent, and it, I think it will be controversial just because of the genre of the film. Um, did there really need to be so much gore? Oh, <laughs> what just, the fucking shit is? I don't really like blood, <laughs> and I definitely don't like guts. The intestines and, yeah. I had forgotten, and I was like, oh, I didn't remember that her guts yeah. hung out. Did not like that bit at all. I was just kind of like, oh, I don't like the idea of them stabbing people in the stomach. That could get messy. It's not really my scene. Could get messy. <laughs> <laughs> they could die, but also it could be gross. Yeah. Like, ooh. Uh. 
Anyway. Oh, I'm watching a horror movie and badges <laughs> happening. What is wrong? You made me watch this movie, okay? <laughs> you have to put up with my opinions. So I watched the superhero movie and they all had powers. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like superheroes. That's fine. <laughs> the guy in the action movie shot a gun. <laughs> well, Shut up. Actually, no, there's a lot of action movies where I feel like there is too much gun violence. <laughs> I, knew, I knew if I kept saying shit, you were going to pick up on something. Like, hey, well, actually, well, actually, fucking here comes Queen Poindexter. Do you know where a mansplainer gets water? From a well, actually. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's pretty good. Anyway. Okay. Question six brought to you by me. Yay. Yes, what side character would have the best spin-off movie? Okay, the police chief. Oh. That sounds boring. Why? Because he's put his best man, Dewey, on probably the case <laughs> of the century. I, I reckon it's going to be Police Academy 9 or whatever the fuck they're up to. It's going to be this comical, bumbling, bloody cops trying to solve crimes. Not to mention, you know, they've got a, a woman that's being raped and murdered a year before. They don't know. They put the wrong man down. I've now got a serial killer running around town. They don't give a shit. They're broadcasting the fact that the principal has been murdered, has been strung up in the fucking football ground. Hey, everyone, come down and check out the new guy that's been murdered. Hey! Such a dad answer. A dad is like, I want to hear from the police chief. I wonder what he's got going on. I bet it's like <laughs> oh. naked gun. Yeah, yeah. It would be. It would be just exactly like that. It would be such a preposterous, zany fucking comedy. <laughs> I mean, especially, it, like, yeah, I, I glossed over it, but putting... putting Dewey on the case. Like, first of all, how the fuck is this guy a police officer to start with? Like, <laughs> such a moron. Mum says that when I'm in the uniform, idiot. you have to be, you have to respect me. <laughs> I mean, exactly. Sam, did you wake up, you had a kid, and then you woke up, and there was just like all of Monty Python's movies, all of Leslie Nielsen's movies, and you were like, aha, yes, I understand now. Yeah, I had never seen a Clint Eastwood film, and then within 48 hours of my daughter being born, I've seen all of them. <laughs> Seems fair. So I've decided I want to go with Kenny. But I need what? him to not be murdered. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Kenny. Yeah, I need him to not be murdered because he would have made a great sequel where he just gets so fucking annoyed by how how much of a total bitch Gail Weathers is to him at all times that he ends up being the murderer just to murder her. I'm so gutted that Kenny didn't live long enough to see her crash his van. You know? Just, oh, yeah. Like <laughs> into him. Sm- into his bloody body. Oh, I have to say, the bit where his blood's on, his blood is on the windscreen. That oh, was gross, yeah. Man. I was just like, oh, Blood, oh, it's gonna gum up all the door. Oh, you'll have to replace your windscreen wipers. They're gonna replace the fluids. <laughs> I my you have movies... to take their car to the shop. It's <laughs> a fucking movie, man. What the fuck? Shut up. It's it gonna gross. be so hard to report to insurance. I do those things too. I was like, God, oh, imagine filling getting... that insurance report out. Like, what happened? Well, my my spinoff obviously is Gail Weathers. I need more of her. I need a mini series. I need to see. How you know she was cutthroat getting the job that she has now, even though she thinks the job she has now isn't good enough. Like you know she was a monster, and I want to see her rise to the top of small town reporting. She should have been. She says at one point to Dewey, "I should have been in New York covering the Sharon Stone stalker case." So I guess sometimes <laughs> she goes to New York to cover things. Like what's her job? What's going? She wrote a book, yeah from this like, little local shitty. Like yeah, yeah, and she does her book does well, and then I think she does a sequel, and then as she's friends with Lee Schreiber, like what's going, Cotton Weary, like I want her life story. 
I've had a, I've had a change of mind actually. Cotton Leary or Cotton Weary, whatever his name was, yeah. he would have been a good spin-off movie, like to show his whole case, like a you know, like serial killer or whatever. Or who made you know, what is it? Making, Making a, murderer? a murderer? That would be yeah. the most depressing fucking movie ever. Like, well, that's hey, what look those at me. Movies, I'm just, those movies I'm are. My life, I'm just banging this married broad. Oh, look at my. Oh no, I'm going down for rape and murder. Sweet. The girl I'm in love with is dead. Cool. That's what happens to people. Look, in the third one, he has a very successful radio show, so things turn out True. okay for him oh, until he's murdered. Point, oh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Great. All right. Cool. And that moves us over to question number seven, which is also a Patreon question. This question comes courtesy of the amazing man that is Dan Brennick of the Netflix and Swill podcast, a podcast in which is all things Netflix related. From discussions about new movies to new trailers to news, all that sort of stuff. It's pretty fucking awesome. And what Dan would like to know is, shut the fuck up, Liz. This is a great question. When would you have inserted Blink-182's Blink, Blink, All the Small Things into this film? I mean, look, it's not even that I hate the song that much. It's just that, like, it just doesn't fit, like, the vast majority of films we do. This one, I decided my answer would just be in the party scene. It doesn't scene. fit. Name just, is Liz the Sex Tape. It's, well, that's not a bad thing. Is it? <laughs> yeah, I don't it's know. a fucking horrible thing. Well, not a bad thing with a dude. Like, if... I suppose if he... Okay, anyway, moving on. <laughs> Fuck's sake. I am going to answer this question by saying the party scene is generic background noise. Oh, that's such an easy answer. What I know. Mean? That's why okay. I went first. When Gail Weathers goes to shoot... Is it Matthew Lillard or Skeet Ulrich? One of them. She shoots one of them, but she didn't take the safety off. And then it starts playing the part where it starts with, say it ain't so, I will not go. And then he pops back up and he's like, you gotta turn the safety off, dummy. <laughs> yeah, I like it. That works. The one for me is, I can't remember if it's just after Sydney's been attacked and they've all been checked out of school, but for some reason it cuts to the shot of a speaker system sitting outside the window on the roof of a building, and then it pans down to Sydney and Tatum hanging out in the ground floor area. And I looked at Stacey, I was like, who the fuck chucks their stereo out the window of their house? Like, you're leaving yeah. it out there to the weather and the elements and shit like that. So I was thinking... That makes no fucking sense. What would also make no fucking sense is to have the song playing <laughs> at that point in this movie. So yeah. there you go. None of it makes sense. Fucking why not? Perfect. Marvelous. Love it. Moving on. <laughs> yep. Moving on to next question, which is shut up, Liz. It's a great question. Uh, no, this question is not shut up, Liz. It's a great question. We already did that question. This question is from um, our Patreon, Nick Haskins, who is like one of my Uber fans. Thank you very much. Question eight. How could this movie be rewritten into a Shakespearean comedy or tragedy? Okay. So let's say Sid's dad does get locked up because they frame Sid's dad for, for killing all those people. So he gets locked up. Now she only has like Tatum and, and Randy as her real friends. And then Tatum is killed. And then Randy makes a move and she says no. And so he kills himself. And then... Whoa, <laughs> and then Skeet Ulrich is like, I am the killer, but I'm all you have. No one else wants to talk to you. So she's like, okay, I know you killed my mom, but I guess I'll be with you. And then wow. maybe maybe one of them, I don't know who kills who, but he's like, no one will ever believe you that it was me. He tells her, like, in the night he whispers in her ear, like, I framed your dad. Dude, that's she doesn't psycho. say anything. This is like some Gone Girl slash Stockholm Syndrome slash I don't know what the fuck this is. This is some the fact that you're smiling and laughing makes me think that I'm never going to come visit you in America. <laughs> it's not safe here for you a can number. Never of leave. I'm never leave. I'm going to be locked in a fucking cupboard for the rest of my life. Fuck that. <laughs> Which will okay, Harry be Potter. Sure if I do end up in the cupboard. Uh, 
the the one for me is um yeah i mean we we mentioned about how well basically like sydney sort of rescues her dad takes her into the cupboard imagine if her dad was in on this imagine if her dad was in on all of this like he'd got the kids to murder her wife because it's like fucking cheating slut of a wife and got to murder her and then it was like this big game to like basically just torment sydney until you know they both all end up murdering her oh no that's also horrible so they were trying to, they were obviously trying to pin it on him, so they would have tried to maybe pin it on Randy or just pin it on someone and just, you know. So I went a bit closer to home. I think Sydney should turn out to be the killer, driven mad by her mother's death. So the only thing you'd really have to fix was the bit where she's in the house and the killer's coming for her. But then you could just make it like a someone joke calling her, like to, you know, like a copycat kind of thing. But she's actually crazy, and then she finds out who copycat had killed her, and then she went and killed them. Right. Yeah. yeah. All of these are upsetting. I know, we're yeah. all terrible human beings. With Why do we never brains. do comedy? Well, I already, I already blew my comedy load and got told it was the most dead answer ever, so I'm fucking, <laughs> I'm done. Uh, well, what can you do? Yeah. It already, because I think it already is, like, funny. I didn't want to try to make it funnier. That was too much work. Oh, see, I was like, there's yeah, murders. Exactly. Like, how do you turn murders funny? Like, it's about a... People who are murdering someone after they murdered and raped a woman. Like, I'm sorry, it's pretty yeah. hard to turn funny. Yeah, um, yeah. Question number nine. What quote from this film would be the worst thing to hear just after you finish having sex? This is um, a little too close to home for me, but I'm still going to go with it anyway. <laughs> Look, Kenny, I know you're about 50 pounds overweight, but when I say hurry, please interpret that as move your fat tub of lard ass now. <laughs> oh, Sam! <laughs> You wouldn't be 50 pounds overweight. <laughs> no, more like 100. <laughs> I can't. That's like a... No. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's so You ruthless. said that someone actually said something like that to you after sex. Yeah. Oh, son. No, no one said that to me after sex, Liz. I've got to have sex. I don't know if I believe you. He's having after sex, man. Come on, man. Fuck. Kenny hey. also was just tall. Like, he was just a big guy. Exactly, he was husky. He's just big boned. He was. <laughs> um, I chose say hello to your mother. <laughs> no, nope. yeah, that's pretty fucking no. gross. Yeah, like, gross. No. like was she hiding in the cupboard? And he's like, oh, by the way, say hello to your mother. Or <laughs> you did really like- well, sweetie. <laughs> yeah, oh my god. Or even if it was like as it was used in the movie, like say hello to your dead mother, right? Like that's not good either. Like are you going to kill <laughs> me? No. No. I'm wearing no. her as a blanket. <laughs> oh my no. God. I'm wearing her skin as a hat. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I went with, well, you're not going to be alone anymore, right? If you PIP, is that clear? <laughs> <laughs> Which is Tatum trying to reassure Sydney, but I think in other contexts it would be less reassuring. <laughs> Anywho, yeah. <laughs> enough of that. Moves us down to question number 10. Which is, what was the biggest dick move of the movie? I'm going with the two guys that ran through the school dressed as Ghostface. Like, why would you do that? That is such a dick move. Like, come on, man. There's actual murders out there. Like, just grow up. Yeah. Like, that was that was on my shortlist. I've got I thought you'd actually make fun shortlist. of me for that one. Because I was like... No, like, that was like like the day after. Like, yeah. that's not even like waiting a year or, you know what I mean? Like, And that's like your classmate. And like, she probably was quite popular. Like, he had a Letterman jacket, right? So he was obviously quite a cool guy. And like, so it's not even like she was some nerd that everybody hated. Like, don't, right. oh my God. Yeah, but these guys like, are doing this shit the next fucking day, yeah. man. Like, what the fuck? No. 
I'm going to go with Randy talking to Matthew Lillard when Sid and um, Skeet Ulrich are like kind of oh, going to go yeah. talk. And he's just like, I thought I had a chance. I thought it was my turn. I was going to get in there. It's like you have not made the the entitlement when he has not once been like, hey, Sid, I really like you. I would like to take you on a date. He's just stewing in the corner like I was going to say something sometime. And I was like, yes. ew, gross. Oh, he's, a creep. he's in the friend zone. There is no yeah. friend zone. That's just a woman's way of telling you that she actually doesn't even want to be your friend, let alone have sex with you. <laughs> the friend right. zone is where women put guys that they're too scared of pissing off too much. And you it's know, like, like yeah. this it's, isn't about us being friends. This is actually about me trying to piss you off the least to save my own bacon. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. And that's Randy. Uh, yeah, so my dick move, and this is in more ways than one, is Dewey, basically, or Dewey, whatever the fuck, Dwight, grabbing Gail and going... Hey, there's a like broken down van or car or whatever just down the road. Do you want to go have a look? Hey, let's not go on my police cruiser. Let's just go with this tiny little torch I've got. Like, what the fuck is he up to? That was like, creepy. Clearly, I- cle- clearly, he's trying to get laid. I guess that. But like, who wanders around in the night with just a tiny little torch? You know, when there's a serial killer roaming around. I think they did that to make it seem like he could be the murderer. And oh I was yeah, like, I, yeah. Nah, no one's buying that, mate. No one's buying that for a second that nah. he's the murderer. It's a dick move that he was giving up police info to her to make her spend time with him. Yeah. <laughs> that and is like, well. Come check out this crime scene. Takes I'll her into the party. You. Like, fucking yeah. hell, mate. Put your dick back in your pants. My Bad runner cop. up for that was when all those guys ditched Jamie Kennedy, like literally around the same time where they all ditched Jamie Kennedy when they're like, hey, the principal who's been found murdered at the fucking football stadium. Let's all go. And Jamie <laughs> Kennedy's like, where are you guys going? And they just all cruise. They're just like, wow, wow, let's go see a dead body. Wow. Oh, it's so weird. Why fuck? would you want to go and see your principal like hanging? Even if I didn't like my principal, I still don't need the nightmare vision. Thank you. <laughs> a dead body outside my home i would go look at it but i'm not gonna drive somewhere to look at it <laughs> i'm not putting drive that drunk. much effort in okay it's like, 10 30 at night too much like do the oh logic. yeah they're probably You're, drunk yeah they're real drunk do the logic you're going to a place where somebody's been murdered and the murderer hasn't been caught how fucking stupid are you that murderer is probably still hanging out murdering so people you dumb. fucking morons oh my god they're such idiots Ruins one of my later questions, but anyway. I actually thought that the party was um, one of the better ideas because having loads of people at a party probably seems safer than putting everyone on curfew and sending them home from school where they're all going to sit at home in their houses by themselves. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, that's good since point. everyone's that's parents pretty in dumb. this town are gone. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, moves us over to our personal questions. Uh, yeah, Emily, you're up. All right, question number 11. What would be your Ghostface origin story? What would set you on the path of murder? I've been thinking long and hard about this because I was like, it would take a lot for me to want to murder someone. So I was like, it'd be somebody like fucking with my friends. You know what I mean? Like, okay, maybe not like Kahu or Machu or Liz or... Um, <laughs> I thought I wouldn't be included in the list that you didn't care mm. about. Oh, no, yeah, people I didn't care about. Yeah, you, you made the list. Congratulations. Maybe, yeah, okay, you know, if, if somebody murdered Fern, yeah, I'd probably go on a bloody rampage. There's been multiple movies made about that, right? Like, Yeah. Well, of course. Yeah. Stacey and Fern. Anybody fuck with them, that would probably send me on a spiral that makes me want to murder people. Liam Neeson would play you. Yeah. Either that or, like, you know, something really horrific, like um, somebody cuts in front of me while I'm, like, waiting in a queue or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, something real brutal. Yeah. I mean, we did live in London. We know all about queue jumpers and what exactly. happens to those fuckers. They get told in a very clear. I don't even think that noise will come through on the podcast. A very stern shaking of the head. (laughs) 
I was like, that's not even going to work. So I thought about it and I've decided that if it's going to be if like the Handmaid's Tale starts happening in my country, like where they start taking away women's rights and stuff. Because I was thinking like, what would it be? And I was thinking actually like, I've always thought, I'm surprised there's never been any feminist terrorism. Like where women just get so fucking sick of the patriarchy that they just go, do you know what? Fuck this shit. I'm going to go like blow up this old dude's club or something. And then I was like, I probably wouldn't do it just for general stuff, but if the patriarchy really started fucking with my rights, then that's when I'm going to go and like take them out. I'm totally stealing that and writing a movie about that. That's a great idea for a, like <laughs> an action thriller. Yeah, honestly, yeah. like I'm surprised there hasn't been. I mean, I know that there have been women terrorists. I'm not saying there haven't been, but not some giant feminist movement against the patriarchy. Yeah, feminist terrorists that just go around blowing yeah. up golf courses and shit like that. Yeah, like full on, like, yeah, like, like, country clubs, yep, um, or like, uh, the CEO, like the boardroom of like a bank or something, you know, where it's all just, yeah, like men's clubs and stuff. Yeah, 100%. Oh, I'll totally help. I'll star. I'll murder people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if you do it in real life, then he can do the rip from the headlines script. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Okay, this can't be used against us by the FBI, though. They can't because it's Halloween, so it's a joke. <laughs> yeah, it's so all a joke. Yeah, yeah. Ha, 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 ha. Disclaimer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no men were murdered in the making of this podcast. Not yet. Yeah, I, I hedged my bets there, see? I didn't say there wouldn't be future murders. <laughs> <laughs> Question number 12. What specific thing would you ask trivia questions about? In this movie, it is scary movies. Do you like Marvel movies? <laughs> God, I'd fail. <laughs> Most people would. Most people aren't as big a fucking nerd as I am. Even though I'm like your Marvel queen on this podcast, aren't I? No, DC. See, you fucking just failed. <laughs> I did Shazam. Isn't Shazam Marvel? There we go. This one's going to set me on murders. Liz not knowing what the fuck she's talking about. <laughs> Oh, um, Sam, a Marvel, you stupid. I want to point out to M from Verbal Diorama, this is how you make Sam facepalm. I'm not facepalming, I'm fully erect. Um, what, <laughs> oh, what's the next oh, question? Um, hey, it's my turn. Um, I forgot the question. Oh, what? questions. Yeah, yeah you so. did, because you're a silly bloody Liz. <laughs> so um, I would do TV trivia because i'm thinking about doing my own tv podcast and i know i keep talking about it but i actually am starting to firm up plans so it's a little shout out for something that may be coming along one day soon i'm gonna firm up your plans is that a euphemism i don't know anymore because if you were firming something up wouldn't it be your own plans i don't know i don't know if i have if i was like i'm gonna firm up your plans then that would be a euphemism for you know my plans would ever stay talking tell about me the G word, plans, and I'm lucky to have those plans if I get them. So yeah, anyway, <laughs> next question. <laughs> question number thirteen: Who is your favorite real life couple that have appeared on screen together, like Courtney Cox and David Arquette in this film? So talking about Stacey's plans, yeah, I mean Stacey actually gave me this answer because we were chatting about this on our lovely trip to the mall today, which is what we were able to do in New Zealand. Uh, <laughs> Emily Blunt, John Krasinski, Quiet Place. <gasps> yes, they're great. They are great in that film. George Krasinski directed it really well. They're just a, such a cute couple. Emily Blunt is just like spectacular, and he's just so like. Oh, I lovable. would bang John Krasinski, no question. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Love that guy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but he just he just seems like a genuinely nice guy. Like he just seems like the type of dude that you could. This sounds so like so just stupidly fanish. Like, oh, I totally could imagine us being friends if we met. In oh, real you guys life. would We'd totally like hang a- out. 
Yeah, like, 100%. That's his persona that he's created. Obviously, you fucking dum-dum. Who but, uh, doesn't just... love John Krasinski? Yeah. And Emily Blunt, obviously. Yeah, um, I am not sure if mine counts, but I'm going with it anyway. Uh, I'm going with Channing Tatum and Jenna Dewan because they met on the um, movie Step Up. Excellent, because I loved that movie and I loved their like, building chemistry and I liked how there were sort of differences and stuff. And they stayed together for ages. And I just, yeah, I really, and I like both of them as well, especially Channing Tatum. So that's my vote. All right. Shall I move on to my question? Yeah, great oh. questions, Emily. On to Liz. What do you got there, Liz? Question 14. Uh, Drew Barrymore played Casey, who got murdered right at the start of the film. And I believe she made a number of stupid decisions. I'd like to know what you would have done differently if you were her to, you know, live. Okay. Number one, she said she's seen her. Yeah, Friday the 13th 20 times and she doesn't know who the killer is that's insane the fact that she got that wrong is insane so number one I would have gotten the question right and then I don't know what the <laughs> and then I'm does. sure he would have gone oh okay well that's fine right Thank I don't you know for your if time. he actually then lets you go but then also Casey did run outside and run around I would have gone deeper into the house I would have hung up I would have called 911 rather than continuing to talk to him unless now he had her boyfriend tied up outside and I was like okay if my cat was tied up outside, I would just run out to my cat and hold her as I got stabbed to death. At least you died together. Yes, exactly. But I, I, I wouldn't have gotten the question wrong in the first place. She's, I've seen that movie 20 times. Yeah. Then rookie. why don't you know the killer? Dummy. I, I'm mad. You say you would have died together, but I bet you a million dollars that Gracie would be fine and you'd be lying there <laughs> pulling out oh, blood yeah. as Gracie strolls off or maybe starts licking up your yeah, blood. Yeah, she'd like, lick oh, your blood you, up. <laughs> she'd, she'd then I'd eat your face. <laughs> she'd shoot out. She'd make a break. For, she'd be like, freedom. And my guts would just hang out and I'd be like, live a good life. I love you. <laughs> Brutal. Yeah, I, I had the exact same answer as you, Emily. It's like I like yeah, personally would have got the question right. I mean, I've only seen it what twice, maybe. And I it's like one of the most, you know, like well known endings in horror history. So it's like of course you're gonna get that right. Yeah, the same thing. Like I would have just maybe locked myself in the bathroom and rang the cops, you know, like hung out with a knife. Like after her boyfriend died, she even like she even gets the jump on the dude. She even punches him in the face and then like has gets a runaway sort of thing. Like she's got time to do something smart but instead she's just like differing around outside trying to get to her parents oh they did that yeah. a lot like a lot of people just standing there looking at the blood of the person that's just been murdered and i'm like don't just stand there and look at it like yeah run i will i will take this time to actually mention that this was one of my good things as well was the fact that they had this a-list hollywood celebrity in the very opening scene get murdered that yeah. was just such a twist that i remember like even as a young kid being like oh cool drew barrymore's in this where where and yeah, then you just didn't expect to come back to die. for the rest of the film. I was yeah. like, oh, it's all a bit elaborate hoax. It's not a fucking elaborate hoax, you moron. Well, it was just to, su- like, to surprise you, right? Like, because you were like, oh, but it's Drew Barrymore. She won't actually die. And then, no, no, she actually yep. does. Yep, she's dead. See, I um, would go the opposite to you guys. There was the bit where she's outside the house and he's distracted by something. I can't remember what. I would have literally sprinted into those bushes. Like, there was a whole bunch of crops or something. Run in there, like, left the phone there run in there, and then hid in the ground. Like, he's not going to be able to find her amongst all of the bloody, you know, plants. You clearly have yeah. not watched the million of horror films that are set in cornfields. <laughs> I don't think it was corn, so we're fine. <laughs> yeah, see, I would not have got that question right. I would have been like, mm, pass. Can we go for the next one? <laughs> like, I'd be like, Jason? No. Freddy? No. Mike? No. Wait, what other bad guys are there in, like, horror movies? And he, and he would have just been like, do you know what? I'm just embarrassed for you. Like, I'm just going to let you live because... Just because your embarrassment will be enough. I can just imagine. Isn't society the real killer? <laughs> you know, if you think about 
Really, it's the man, okay? Yeah, Let yeah, me yeah. tell you about the man. Oh, <laughs> just be like, oh, no, this fucking dick again. <laughs> Christ, more patriarchy shit? That's it. I'm hanging yeah, up. Yeah, I'm out. I've had enough of this. <laughs> yeah, that's how I'd survive. Uh, okay, so we've talked about her stupid decisions, but for question 15, I'd like to know why literally everyone in the entire fucking town of Woodsboro makes such stupid goddamn decisions. Can I go first, Emily? Because I feel like you can have my answer as well. Okay, so okay. I reckon Woodsboro is like built over an old Native American uh, uranium burial ground, right? <laughs> because it's because of horror movies have taught me one thing. It's that towns near nuclear plants and towns built over old American burial grounds typically have a lot of bad shit happen to them. So I'm combining the two. I think there's Native Americans used to have a na- uh, nuclear plant and they've basically buried it under this town and all the people in there, they're all morons. That's basically it. Mm-hmm. I will say that I don't, I think Gail Weathers is smarter than everyone else. And I think it's because all those people are under like 26. Doesn't your brain stops growing when you're like 26 or 27? 24. And 24. Is it 24? Yeah. Dewey is 25. So. Yeah, but mm. Dewey's Dewey. Like, I mean, I think he was Dewey's just dumb Dewey. regardless. He was 24 yeah, for he a came year. Out dumb. Yeah, he was 24 he was. for a whole year. And the kids are all like high school kids. The only person that doesn't get a pass is Sid's mom, who really should have cheated more discreetly. Yeah. But, like, these are just a bunch of high schoolers. I, high schoolers are dumb. They don't make good decisions. That's why they all got in their cars to go look at a dead principal so body. It's true. It's true, yeah. Do you know, if Billy was so upset that, like, his dad cheated on his mom and so his mom left, well, why the fuck didn't he kill his dad? Like, it was his dad that made the bad decision there, mate. Yeah. But he's got a penis. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. Can't kill someone. Unacceptable. And finally, uh, there were quite a few deaths in the film. I'd like to know what you thought was the coolest or the best death in the movie. Are we going to have the same one, Sam? Okay, I think we obviously. Are. Obviously, Tatum in the garage. Yes! So gross. It is classic. I have thought of every time I see a garage. I never it, had a Would it actually door, happen like, like that? Up. It could not. There's no way. Her weight would keep it from going up. Yeah. It would not crunch her like that. But. I have thought about it every time I've looked at a garage door for my entire life. I have thought about it. It's so, it's so burnt in my brain in that green, like, turtleneck sweater. This is the thing for New Zealanders watching American movies, especially American horror movies, is we watch them and we see a scene like that and we go, what fucking sicko looked at a garage door and go, hang on, guys, I've got a great idea of how to murder someone. Okay. <laughs> so they get stuck in the cat flap. It's like... I'm amazed she even made it through the cat flap. Like, it's a cat flap. Right. Or she dog flap, really, isn't it? Serious knockers. And, oh, by the way, the bit where she comes out and her nipples are like the most pronounced I've what ever seen of any nipples in the history of time. Come on, man. Yeah. And that's Liz done and moves me over to my questions. So, in this film, Sydney has long been delaying losing her virginity and then eventually decides to lose it to Skeet Ulrich's character, Billy Loomis. Even though she suspects him of being a murderer, she turns on a dime and decides that tonight's the night that she's going <laughs> to. Tonight, the night being the night after she's almost been murdered and the night before the anniversary of her mum, that's the perfect time to lose her virginity. But uh, we'll move away from that and ask these guys what cinematic serial killer would you guys most like to lose your virginity to? I'd like to point out that it's not such a weird idea because, you know, danger and fear and stuff can give you a danger boner. So <laughs> Correct. True. Good point. <laughs> We've already learned this. Yeah, I don't blame her for that. But um, see, I've, I had a lot of trouble answering this question, not because of the murder part, because like, you know, maybe the, you could find a good serial killer that was just killing bad guys. But <laughs> like, for instance, Billy Loomis, totally fit, like Ski Ulrich. 
Hello. Oh, fuck off. He is like a greased up Johnny Depp. He looks weird. Nah, he's fit as fuck. So anyway, I was like, I'm probably going with him, but the thing that really um, puts me off having sex with him or like losing my virginity to him is how much he gaslights her throughout the whole film. Mm. Like, and I didn't recognize that in the first time. Like, I remember watching it and being shocked that he was the killer. But watching it now, I'm like, you are such a douche. You're just such a creepy asshole the whole way through. Yeah. So, but I mean, my other options aren't exactly great. I, I googled a bunch of serial killers. I was just like, mm, no. Pa- Come on, Patrick Bateman, American nah, Psycho. See, Chris he's Bale. a total sociopath. Whereas at least Billy Loomis like pretended to be nice. But I'd probably say Ted Bundy because he's been what in the a real movie. Ted Bundy. Well, you, no, you, you pick Zac Efron, ones. Ted Bundy, because Zac Efron is hot. Oh, right. But okay, also, he yeah. was quite charming, right? And he Wonder was where kind that was of going. he was known to be like this charismatic guy. So I could see myself falling for that and being like. Oh, you're so lovely. Have sex. I, I can just imagine your search history right now. Has Tom Hardy played serial killer? Has Chris Hemsworth played Has serial he? killer? Has Zach Kefron played serial killer? Boom! Found Zach Kefron. There's my yeah, answer. Zach... Yeah. Okay, no, Emily. I, so I through my options, but yeah, they're just not great for the gaslighting. Fair enough. And uh, Emily, why don't you tell us all about how you've got a crush on Buffalo Bill? I had trouble narrowing it down. <laughs> Buffalo Bill and I wouldn't have a lot to talk about. Michael Myers has like a high. Do you not energy, like lotion? I feel like he's not. He's not interesting. Mm. Yeah, he's yeah. And then you know Hannibal in the second movie where he's flirting with Julianne Moore. But again, I was like, he's a little full of himself. As is Christian Bale in American Psycho. That's so I narrowed problem. it down to two. Oh, and they are, and I couldn't choose between them. David Boreanaz in Valentine mm-hmm. because he loves one person so much. As long as I don't reject him. He's going to be fine. Like, mm-hmm. it's cool. We're good. Yeah. And he's very cute, even though he was a very ugly kid in the movie and everyone's like, ew, he grows up to be a hunk. So that or Sharon Stone in Basic Instinct. Thank you. <laughs> Thank fucking everyone knew that was going to be your answer, Sam. Yeah. Everyone knew it. In fact, when I Googled sexiest serial killer, like all of the results came up with Sharon Stone. I was like, I want a man. With the dick. You just have to decide, like, is it worth getting ice picked for? Probably. I don't think I'd be in her bed long enough to get ice picked, so I'm I'm sweet. <laughs> you get in and get out. I, I, she's like that same style pick out from under the mattress, and you're gone. Yeah, I'd be like, yeah, cool, that was fine, thanks, cheers. She'd thanks like, for that three and a half minutes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, moves me to my next question. So Tatum goes off to fetch everyone some beers. We even see later on with those dudes that run off to see their principal murdered that they've even got more beers, but uh, for some reason, no one seemed to notice that Tatum was missing. Explain. Why Why did no one notice that Tatum was missing? They are all selfish dickheads, basically. Especially Sydney. Oh, my God. Like, Tatum's so nice. And, like, oh, look, I'll be there every minute you go, blah, 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 when we have to pee, blah, blah, blah. And then t- Sydney's like, oh, my friend hasn't been seen in an hour. I'm going to go and have sex with my boyfriend. Should you go check on yeah. her? No, I need some dick. She didn't even think of Tatum. She's just like. You know, like she didn't exist. And I'm like, oh, my God, you guys suck. Tatum's the only good friend in this movie. So when she's gone, no one's there to think about her. It's crazy. Dewey's not even like, oh, my God, my sister's dead. Like, we have no payoff from her death in that regard. It's horrible. True. Like, nobody cared like, about her. Like, should have run in and gone, oh, shit, you know, there's a murderer in here. Oh, my sister was at this party. I think I should go and try and find my sister because she's my fucking no. sister. Does he, her does, best friend doesn't care. Her sister doesn't care. Her boyfriend's a murderer. Tatum got the raw end of the deal. She really did. All I'm imagining is those guys going to fetch beers out of the fridge and then seeing <laughs> her in the like ha- like little in the cat flap, flap dog flap, and being like, 
oh yeah, and then just turn around and I'm coming back again. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have time for this. My mom died. I don't have time for your <laughs> neck cracking and the cat flap. Exactly. <laughs> so bad. And I'm trying to fucking have sex with Gail Weathers. I don't need to. I don't need to fucking check on my sister. Fuck her. Oh, There's God. nothing like no. Dewey's just like, well, I'm gonna go follow Gail around. He should have put half the energy that he put into Gail into his sister. Like it's his sister, man. If my brothers pulled that shit, I would haunt them from the grave. My only thought was that uh, that it was like Matthew Lillard's character was the one fetching the bears. You know what I mean? So no one knew. Alternatively, that he got her body out of that flap and then hit her somewhere else. That's the only reason I can explain No, she was still hanging there later, remember, because Sydney came and found her. Oh, yeah. Okay. So in that case, yeah, he was the only one fetching bears. Every time they were like, hey, we need more bears, he was the one going to the fridge, getting them. like, God damn it, but it's worth it. (laughs) Looking at his handiwork and going, ha ha. I still don't get why he killed her. I don't know. Maybe you can answer this question with that question or whatever. But um, yeah, moving on to my next question, which kind of touches on all the stuff that we've been discussing throughout the entirety of this podcast. So let's just try not to retread over too much old ground, but who cares? Who is the most useless dude in this movie? Oh, I'm not retreading. Like, I've got a very specific answer, and it is it is Casey's dad. <laughs> Specifically, his dad, uh, like, her parents get home, and they come to the house, and the whole place has just been fully, like, smashed up, and they can, like, hear her, like, freaking out on the phone or whatever, and her dad goes, oh, you go walk out to the car by yourself and head off to the neighbor's. And I'll go looking for the murderer. Um, why would you let your wife go to the car by herself when there's clearly like someone murdering woman in the house? You suck, sir. Yeah, he is pretty damn useless. Yeah, that's my answer. Uh, I have to go with Randy because the whole thing about him and the thing that the trailers of this movie are predicated on is that like, oh, he knows things about scary movies. He's like, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. No one listens to him and none of his knowledge pays off or helps anyone. Like if he had said to someone, oh, you always have to do this to beat a killer. And then they had done it and gotten away. It would have been like, oh, good thing Randy told us that. No, Randy's talking like nobody's listening to deaf ears. No one cares. And he's worthless. Like him, there's that another campaign for like the third movie where Nev Campbell's like, in Scream 1, we explained the rules. In Scream 2, we broke the rules. In Scream 3, we threw the rules out the window. It's like... But that never factors in. Him knowing the rules does not factor into the movie at all. And they broke the rules in the first one because she isn't a virgin and she doesn't die. So, sorry. (laughs) And Gail is, I'm certain, no virgin. And she doesn't die either. So, yeah. Whereas Kenny is definitely a virgin and he died. (laughs) I don't know. I think Kenny was quite lovable. Mm, Good old Kenny. Anywho, that moves us down to our final question, which is a listener question that we threw out there to you guys to answer for us. I am incredibly interested to see what Emily has in terms of an answer for this because her most recent episode pinned two very interesting films up against each other and one of which was a 90s horror film. So who knows? Maybe that'll be the answer. But the question is, what's the best 90s horror film? Emily, why don't you leave us off? Because I am so interested to hear what you've got. Give us your faves. When I was thinking about this, I was so upset with you for making me pick Yes! Uh, I was really upset and I thought and I looked over my movie shelf and I decided... I think I have to go with Scream because it made the other ones possible. So I got to go Scream, but there are so many that I love. It was so, I truly looked through, I just was like flipping through DVDs, like olden times, like, is it this one? Is it this one? No, I don't know. Maybe. And then I said Scream. (laughs) Oh, poor Emily. 
I was I'm literally the opposite. You. I was looking through, I like Google 90s horror films and I was just like, mm, nah, nah, haven't seen that one, haven't seen that one, nah, don't like that, that was pretty average. But um, I did come up with a couple options. <laughs> Sorry, I already told you, not really my genre, but um, I came up with two options actually. The first is Dust Till Dawn. Yeah, because um, yeah, I did not expect the second half of that fucking movie. Like, uh, that yeah. blew me away. I was watching, I was like, oh, yeah, cool, cool, cool. Holy shit, what the absolute fuck? And I thought that was really clever. And the other one I'm going with, you probably won't agree, but Blair Witch Project. Because I just remember the marketing on that being a certain way and, like, everything about it, you know, it was this exciting thing and, like, the handheld camera and it really launched a whole series of um, types of movies. So I couldn't really decide between the two because I liked what they brought. Yeah, I mean, I, I threw out there in the poll the four options were Scream, Silence of the Lambs, Misery, and The Sixth Sense, which I, like, a lot of feedback of, like, hey, these aren't horror movies, but these, I just basically took a list what? off Ranker of, like, the top horror films from the 90s and basically used the top three and then chucked in Scream because Scream came in about six or seven. I think and the definition the one of is, horror films have changed, though. Like, Yeah, I mean, this is the thing, like, our, our perception of horror films has changed because we've had torture porn, you know? We've had Hostel mm. and Saw and... That's Human horror centipede. films to me, is and that kind like of like that. bloody and gore. But actually in the 90s, this was the horror genre. Absolutely. Uh, mm. Silence of the Lambs won the vote with 43%. Scream came second with 37 Misery 12% and Sixth Sense came last with 8%, which is about right. Like Silence of the Lambs is probably my favorite. Seven is up there as well. I really like that. And like this one as well, Scream, I'd say will probably round out my top three. Someone ruined Sixth Sense for me, so thanks a lot, Darrell. Hey. <laughs> like this girl Darrell <laughs> ruined six cents me. She's like, oh, you know that blah blah, and I'm like, did did you just tell me like the twist to the movie? And she's like, oh, have you not seen it? I'm like, you bitch. What I just felt cock. very strongly about that. I still remember that. I still remember that heartbreaking moment because I would have guessed it in the end. So yeah, in terms of comments, like as I mentioned, quite a lot of people just basically call me out and said they're not horror films. For instance, Chrissy and you said Silence is not a horror but a psychological thriller. Barely, it's more of a crime drama now. And again, yeah, oh, like I, I think our sort of opinions have changed. Billy from We Watch the Thing said the same thing. The answer is Scream, but the poll is misleading. Silence, Misery, and Sixth Sense are f- thrillers. All brilliant, but not fairly what? comparable against Scream. I'd say that it'll be about the same. They're all the same genre to me. Hendo from the Movie Journey podcast said, Come on, buddy. And basically just put a gif of Silence of the Lambs. That's the right answer. Slushy Review podcast said, It's got to be Scream. The Sixth Sense is good, but Scream was perfect. Also, the other two were more suspense thrillers more than horror movies steve from everything alert from movies uh great podcast everyone should be checking out as well said would you settle for a pg-13 relationship so he's basically just quoted a gif of nev campbell in screams good answer there steve and then julia from the contrarians also quoted and said why not wayne from the countdown podcast favorite horror which is an interview of the vampire do you think if you had said scary movies people would have accepted your choices maybe as opposed to horror mm. yeah maybe i, I think everyone's think got, different uh, you didn't have all those horrible terrifying gory movies back in the night except for like peter jackson's old school things but yeah i think it's yeah i don't know who cares, I, who I'm, cares? I'm not dwelling on it let's move on let's move on to the tasteless podcast why don't you tell us all about that emily Yes, my podcast where I compare two movies. I take a movie that is critically acclaimed or that people love or that won Oscars and I say that's okay, but this other movie that did not do well is better. So I, for Halloween, did Urban Legend, another 90s meta classic. Uh, and I said why it's better than Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, and uh, I also interview people. Sometimes I interview women on the Strong Female Leads series, Woo! also on the same feed. Yeah, and it's just an excuse to make actresses talk to me for an hour-ish. <laughs> Amazeballs. <laughs> I, I've got to hand it to you. It's amazing how well you keep it together. 
your you know first and desire for these actresses it's just so, 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 that's what i'd be like i had on someone who said like someone else was not a good actress who's not but i was just like yeah totally because <laughs> i wanted her to think i was cool <laughs> you are so cool that's awesome oh thank you anytime Okay, these two are about to lose off of each other. Anyway, Anyway, if you want to get in contact with us, you can find us on Facebook at Movie Reviews and 20 Qs. You can find us on Twitter at Movie Reviews and or you can send us an email at mratqs at gmail.com. Thank you everyone again for listening and thank you so much to our Patreons for keeping the show going. Uh, Yeah, that's thanks for me. Thank you. I've had a delightful time as always. Thanks. Hello everyone, Sam here again, as you can probably tell by my voice, so I don't know why I'm telling you who I am. Anyway, uh, you've finished our podcast, and you're probably wondering to yourself, what's another podcast I should listen to? Well, here's two recommendations, first of which is Verbal Diorama, that's Verbal Diorama. You guys might remember Em from the Pacific Room episode, but she's also done an episode on Scream, it's not even PG-13 relationship, it's a G relationship, she keeps it very clean. But she does an amazing breakdown on the movie, how it all got made, everything like that. It's phenomenal. The other one that I'm going to highly recommend that people listen to is We Watch The Thing. The, po- the other one that I'm going to recommend that people go listen to is the podcast We Watch The Thing. I was on recently to I was on recently to do Hubie Halloween, the new Adam Sandler film. So if you want to hear me take a shit on a movie for half an hour, sweet. Have at it. Anyway, cheers guys. See you next week.